I will be reading from 2 Timothy, second chapter, verses 1 through 13 of the New Living Translation. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confined by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. This is the word of God. Today we are back in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I know it's first Sunday and you're hungry, so I'm not going to keep you there too long, but we're picking up on Paul's final exhortation, final saying to his beloved disciple Timothy. And as final words of Paul, we see him urging Timothy to persevere, to stand together as a church of God, and we saw that by telling him to love God and love others. And in chapter 2, Paul unpacks that a little bit more to show us what it means to love one another well. And he says you could do that by suffering together. You could do that by suffering together. What a timely reminder is that for us. According to all-wise Daniel Tiger from Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, it is important to share In this particular episode about sharing, Daniel Tiger went to playground with his tiger-tested car, right? But his good friend, Prince Wednesday, forgot to bring his. So what happens? Prince Wednesday asked Daniel Tiger to share his toy. And Daniel Tiger, of course, struggles with this, right? This is my tiger-tested car. He really likes his tiger-tested car. But he learns with the help of his daddy. See, importance of discipleship there. He learns this phrase. I'm not going to sing it, but it's a song that he sings like, you could take a turn and I'll get it back. You could take a turn and I'll get it back. And he says, it's hard to share. But he learns the importance of sharing. What a profound wisdom there is, right? In learning to share. It's just not in needing to share, but both of them will get a turn in sharing. I think we often think about sharing and we think about good things we want to share. Oh, you have a good day, I also have a good day. We're going to share the good times together. But in today's text, church, 
Paul calls us also to share in our bad days, in our difficult moments, especially in our suffering times. He says, I'll get a turn, you'll get a turn too, because we all are all called to live and be in community with one another. And today, Paul reminds us that for Christians, suffering is to be expected. It is so expected, Paul tells Timothy, don't be surprised when suffering happens to you. It's bound to happen. So endure suffering with me together in this season. And I don't know about you, but I'm allergic to suffering, right? I absolutely dislike it. I want to run away from it. As my good friend would once told me, we often say we absolutely dislike health, wealth, prosperity, gospel, but you know, secretly we want it. We desire it. We actually don't want the cross of Christ stuff. We actually want health, wealth, prosperity. Our bodies are so craved that more. So the question for us is, why suffer? Why? And why suffer together anyways? Why would God ask you and I to suffer? Can you make it easier? We just had communicants, right? As we pray for them, you know what we're also praying for? Their life of suffering. Do you know that? The question is, why would people want to follow Christ if it means more hardships? Like, it's hard enough to convince my suffering neighbor to join more suffering at that. Why is hardship and suffering involved in all of us who are in the church of Christ? Why would God do that? Well, according to Paul, suffering together is how we learn to love one another. According to Paul in this text, this is what church is going to do in order for us to persevere together until coming of Christ. Because suffering points first and foremost to the cross of Christ. Suffering points first and, first, uh, first and foremost to the cross of Christ. I'm a big fan of LeBron James, not only because of his basketball accolades, as he will soon break the all-time scoring record, making him the greatest basketball player ever. Oops, I went there, right? I went there. I went there. Yeah, I know. That's debate afterwards, right? Oh, yes, I went there. I'm, a, I'm from Chicago, too. Isn't that crazy? But his personal story of triumph, a kid from Akron, growing up with a single mother, with a world of expectation upon his shoulders, failures of initial playoffs, getting called all kinds of names, and to this. I love his story. Even if you're not a sports fan or a fan of LeBron James, you got to like that, don't you? Well, many of us do. Not just LeBron James' story, but we like movies like Rocky. Like Rocky, Rocky. We like get pumped for that, right? We love Oprah Winfrey's Rise to Fame. We love Harry Potter manuscript that was rejected before hitting it big. We love these stories. Psychology Today, in an article, actually talks about the story of underdogs and actually says there is a universal appeal for those stories because it creates empathy within us. We want to see the hard work, the faithfulness, sweats and tears get rewarded in the end. That's what we long for in our hearts. And well, it seems like Paul talks about that in verse 3, doesn't it? He says in verse 3, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, Soldiers don't get tied up in affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. It sounds like he's saying soldiers, athletes, 
farmers who works really, really hard, who sacrifice so much to suffer to achieve the victory, the fame, and the fruit of their, their labor. He seems to say, get this, right? Nothing in this world is free. You got to work at it. Work hard for it, and you'll get it. He seems to say that. And there's obviously some truth to that, right? But the question we should ask is, who are you trying to please? What prize are you really trying to win? And what fruit are you hoping to enjoy? You see, if we pursue our own personal health, wealth, prosperity, then the goal is to escape suffering for a bliss. Suffering is there, yes, a part of process perhaps, but goal is to get out of it completely. Thus, the ultimate goal is the reward itself. But for Christians like Paul, Christ followers like Timothy, and for all of us, the person that you and I are trying to please, the prize that you and I are trying to win, the fruit of your labor centers upon who? Christ. To be with him, to walk with him, to be like him. Christians are after the one who loves Christ, right? Then the goal is not to merely escape suffering, not to suffer just for the sake of suffering, but being like Christ. That means escape from suffering is not the ultimate goal here. Loving Christ is. You see, we often focus so much on the suffering itself and forget that Christ is actually present in suffering. We often focus so much in hardships alone, we forget that there is a reason why God calls us to this path. Because it's not just suffering for the sake of suffering as we see, it's learning to live with Christ in his suffering is what he's calling us to do. That's the illustration he says. You're not merely suffering to get out of it. You're suffering so that you could be more and more like Christ. It is the way of the cross, church. It's to chance and opportunity, privilege the you and I to walk with him. The suffering road, the narrow road, road to Calvary, the cross on your back, you name it. Communion with Christ, fellowship with him, the cross of Christ is what God is calling us to follow together as church community because in your road to suffering, you see a glimpse of what Christ has done for us in his life. And if you truly declare you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, don't you want to walk with him? That's why Paul says always, he doesn't simply say suffer with me, but he says always remember that Jesus Christ, the descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. This is the reason why I suffer. This is the reason why I persevere. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but this is the confidence that he has. It's not merely suffering for the sake of suffering. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation, eternal glory in Christ Jesus to the God has chosen. Amen? Church, that is not a mere suggestion for us. It is a model and a call for every single Christ follower 
to declare with our mouth and our heart and soul and mind, I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation, eternal glory in Christ Jesus to the God has chosen. What is the good news? That Jesus came and died on the cross for you and I. That God brings his salvation for us through the cross and you who suffer for this call had the privilege of knowing him, to experience him, to be with him. That's the call that we all must carry this morning together as a body of Christ. But church, that's not all. As Paul says in verse 10, endure not only because of the cross of Christ calls you to follow this road, but because the glory of Christ is coming. The glory of Christ is coming. August 22nd, 2022 was a monumental day in my life. August 8, 2020, uh, August 8, August 22nd, yeah, 2022 changed how I looked at the world completely. It was the day Blackpink broke the record of the most watched video in the 24-hour frame. And you must be thinking, what are you talking about, right? That's staggering. 90.4 million people watching this music video called Pink Venom. I don't know what that is. In the first 24 hours, Pink Venom is Blackpink's biggest music video debut ever. The glory days of K-pop, Korean pop is here. It was amazing because we went to the mall the other day and I saw this, this people that look like me, right? Not, not, they don't look like me, you know, but I'm saying they look more glamour, uh, glamorous than I am, on like the walls. And I was walking around this and I was thinking, where has this been all my life? Right? I remember growing up as a high school student, listening to first-generation K-pop by myself in the corner with headphones on. Right? Just imagine. I know Elder D talked about all the glory days of hip-hop in the 80s and 90s. Right? I don't understand that because I didn't listen to that. I listened to K-pop by myself right? in the corner. When everybody else was listening to the broader music, I was listening to this by myself. I was telling my wife, like, man, I was born in the wrong era. Right? If I was born now, imagine I'm the cool one. Yeah, I'm the one that knows the history of all that you listen to, right? All the music that you think about, man, that has long history behind it. The glory days of K-pop is here. This is the era that I was meant to be, where people are praising, like BTS and Blackpink. Where has that been all my life, right? The glory days are finally here for my music taste that nobody thought was possible. Well, as a silly example as is that, Paul tells us the glory of Christ is here, and it is going to come in full realization. Suffer for a while, absolutely. But this also points to the glory of Christ that is coming in your suffering. Again, Paul here reminds us of, us, of such today. Paul reminds us that there's glory of God in the end. The Word of God, no matter what it feels like at times, cannot be stopped, he says, literally cannot be chained Regardless of the present circumstances, the Paul is being chained like criminal here. But he says there's no way the word of God would be stopped. And he bursts out in worship 
following this great exposition of the gospel of Christ, he cannot help but to worship and says in verse 11 through 13, following this famous hymn, this is a trustworthy saying, if we die with him, we also live with him. If we endure hardship, he will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Amen? Church, you know what this hymn is about? Paul is using this to urge Timothy, urge the church to persevere for the glory that you find at the end. Paul is using this as a brand, this great picture of what it means for you and I as followers of Christ to persevere until the end, to see the glory of God that is to come. When he says, if we die with him, you'll live with him. He's saying, if you're willing to follow him in his death, you'll also learn what it means to live truly with him. If he says, if you're willing to endure, which means to stand, remain in him through the valleys of the shadow of death, God will not forget you and you'll reign with him until the end. And he says, when we deny him, he will deny us. Again, a warning text for us saying, if you deny the only one that could rescue you out of your suffering, then he cannot help but to deny you because you're denying the very grace that could save you. And he also says, even if you and I struggle to persevere, even when you feel like I cannot go on after seeing senseless killings again and again and again, even at times when you feel powerless to do anything about that, here God says, I will remain faithful. I will keep my promises because that's who he is. That's in God's character to carry out God's promise of redemption. Verse 13 is the reason why I say what people say reformed. Not because of all the stuff out there, but because I believe God who says he will do it, will do it. He cannot deny who he is. His promises never fail. Just like we saying, God of Abraham, God of Jacob, same promise keeping God. So even when you and I can't do it, he does this by sending his son to die so you and I can live. The sacrifice is done so that he marks out this journey for you and I to follow when he says to take my cross and follow after him because he marked it out for us and he will lead us towards the glory of Christ. We will rise with him on the last day. That's our end goal. This is why you and I are to call to suffer together in this journey, to know him not only in his death, but in his resurrection and the glory of Christ. So how do we do this well, church? How do we do that well? Well, Paul is calling Timothy not only to know suffering, to know about suffering, to learn about the hardships that could happen. He doesn't say build yourself a safe place to distance yourself away from it. Or he doesn't say like, okay, I know that's coming. Pothole on the left, drive around it. That's not what he says, doesn't he? He says it is coming. It's bound to happen. It is already happening around you, right? So he says, join me. I'm in chains. Join with me, Church of Christ, in suffering for the gospel and mutually encourage one another to remind one another about the journey of Christ that involves suffering. Paul, again, is in prison of all places. 
and is encouraging Timothy, who may be discouraged by challenges of pastoral ministry. And he also, in turn, reminds Timothy to join with them in suffering as Paul also prays for his ministry. There's mutual encouragement and mutual suffering together that happens here. Church, this is a practical reminder for us, clear guideline on how you and I can love one another. You know what that means? That means it's not just in the hospital rooms. It's not just in our empty wallets, in our tears of broken relationships, or persecution of standing for God's truth in our workplaces, schools, and even at home. This also means, church, for you and I to know the importance to see our black men dying in Memphis, to see our black brothers and sisters suffering in pain, to know that yet again a conversation is happening in the dinner table with our young children about safety, what to do when stopped by police, why his call for his mommy went unanswered. It's important for us to acknowledge the death of elderly at a mass shooting in Monterey, California. For a culture that honors elderly so much, to lose their own to gun violence and mental health that plagues trauma-filled generation who doesn't get much help, let alone any attention, it is important to know the difficulties that our brothers and sisters carry in daily basis. It is also important to know the difficult working conditions that immigrants of Asian countries and Hispanic countries suffered in mass shooting. To know the injustice, the fleeing, the refugees, to walk, to see, to stand by them. It is just as important to know the war in Ukraine, the border crisis in the U.S., and all the more persecuted churches, underground churches in our own very city, the brokenness, injustice, learning what it means to walk together and to suffer together, church. You and I may fall on different side of convictions and politics, the reasons why this happens and that people can argue forever about those things. But church, as follower of Christ, right? Let me say that one more time. As a follower of Christ, those who claim to say, I follow Christ because he loves me, and I want to follow Christ because I love him. If you are a follower of Christ, isn't it important for us to learn what it means to suffer together first? Isn't it important for us to come together as body of Christ to weep with those who weep first? To walk with those who walk first? To rejoice with those who rejoice first? That's the call. That's a basic foundation of what it means to be a Christ follower. It's not getting your theology correct. It's not getting all these programs in order. Church, come on now. We have to make sure we learn what it means to see one another, see our pains, and embrace one another as body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Church, as author, Rasma Menachem, of my grandmother's hands, the book our woman's ministry is reading. 
He writes, trauma and healing aren't just private experiences. Sometimes trauma is a collective experience, and oftentimes in our church it's ours, in which case our approaches for mending must be collective and communal as well. So church, we're called to do this together. Will you learn to do that? To be on our knees? Let's weep together. Let's cry together. Let's go to the Lord together. More than any other time, may we be a church that learns to come to each other's side and weep with one another. The sermon picture church I chose um, is titled Weep with Those Who Weep. In the spirit of Christ Central, we often pick an artist's image. Um, Soichi Watanabe, a Japanese artist, drew this painting. There's great testimony history that our woman shepherd, uh, LeVan McLean, shared at this past Wednesday night. Uh, but this is one of his six versions of this painting. The artist Watanabe grew up in a port city of Isinomaki, and which was destroyed by the tsunami of 2011. His city was destroyed. The tsunami claimed the lives of some of his friends, and the whole neighborhoods were swept under by the tsunami. One can imagine the deep sorrow and sense of helplessness that Watanabe faced when he returned to his hometown to mourn the dead. He said that he attempted to depict the rough contours of the cross in this latest version. Notice how the figures blend into each other. No one stands alone. Church, this picture calls us to learn to suffer well together. I have one more illustration to close today. My pastor once told me earlier on his ministry, he was wowed by those who had spectacular life testimonies. He was drawn to the most eloquent, most charismatic, big personalities who could do big things in a short amount of time. But as he journeyed through ups and downs of ministry and Christian life, he realized that all those were meaningless, meaningless and meaningless. Rather, whom he began to drift towards were these great hair saints, to those who suffered and persevered through life's up and downs, learning to suffer, but also learn to suffer with others. He realized, find those people, attach yourself to them, and hope you could be like them. When I first came to Christ Central Church, I asked my pastor, Pastor Brown, hey, we got a shepherding situation here where so-and-so is deeply hurt. Can anyone walk with them? Will you recommend someone for me? And Pastor Brown would say, well, I know one. Her name is Pam Canty. Woman shepherd Pam Canty captures this picture perfectly. She is the one who is often the first to call upon, first on her knees when we have those who suffer in our church. My first encounter with woman shepherd Pam was her presence at the graveside when we had to bury a young child. 
more than saying anything, she just bent down, just like this picture, and wept with the hurting mother, weeping with those who weep. That is an indelible image I have of her. Many of us can testify to that at Christ Central Church. She is often the first one on her knees. She weeps with you. She sees you. She prays with you. But not only so, she shares her own suffering with you. The testimony of God's grace that worked in her life through the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, her gray hair will testify to what God has done through her life. Recently, Pam shared with our leadership that after 40 years of serving in church in various capacity, committees, officership, pastoral search teams, all that, she would like to step down from an active leadership role. And this is what she wrote for us. I desire to spend the rest of my days with intentionality, following where he leads and finishing well. Through the leading of his spirit and prayer, I sense with confidence that he has laid burdens and joys within me that he is calling me to pursue. As I have, got, as I have sought his will, especially during this transition, he has affirmed that given me peace about stepping away at this time from being a woman shepherd and holding any leadership positions. We plan to be here at Christ Central for as long as the Lord has our hearts here or until we take our walkers and go across the street to the Methodist church, which I told her, we're going to pick you up, right? <laughs> I, want to, I want to ask our woman shepherd, Pam, to come up to honor her. There is a call that ends in one's life, but a new call that comes as well. Um, when uh, Pam asked for stepping down from uh, Woman Shepherd, um, the session accepted it. I dissented a little bit, but I said, oh, yes, God is doing this. But at the same time, the session has unanimously called her to the office, as I would like to say, of Woman Shepherd Emeritus, meaning we still honor her as Woman Shepherd. She's not going to come to any meetings. She doesn't want to. But she will learn what it means to continue to suffer well. We're asking her to finish well by suffering well with you all as well. I know I never, I really didn't ask you to do this, but do you want to share some, some words? Here, let me give you a mic. This is a real surprise. <laughs> I just can't tell you how much the Lord has used this church to sanctify me, to bring me a new awareness, to give me a real love of people, and um, just just to just to be an instrument in His hand to be able to just go where He wants me to go and do what He wants me to do and say what He wants me to say and. Or, be able to know that I never did it perfectly, but that that I just I just prayed that 
He would show me what to do every single day to live life with an open hand and to trust in him with all my heart and to know that he will, he will guide and lead me. And that's what my hope is for the future. Um, we, we recently went to Israel and stood on Mount Nebo where Moses died and could see the promised land. And it was a very hazy day, and our, our leader just said, look out. Where is your future hazy? Where do you need God to clear the path? Where do you need him to clear the clouds and show you what your future's like? And um, God, man, he has been so faithful. And uh, to, to know that I can trust him, I know his character, I know his promises, and just stand on that no matter what is going to happen in the future, I know I will not be alone. And so I just want to thank Christ Central and all the people who just make up just such a beautiful tapestry of culture and, um, and a heart for God in a way that if someone had told me 30 years ago I'd be in a church like this, I would have told them they were crazy. Um, so, but, but that's God. That is simply God. So I just praise him, and I thank you all, and thank you for the session. And I love Pastor Joshua. I remember that funeral. It was just right after he was here, and that was my first um, real interaction with him. And just to be able to crown his shoulder that day meant the world to me. So thank you so much. Have a loose day. We want to pray for you. But also, behind this pulpit comes a lot of many surprises, including a gift that we have for Pam. Thank you, Pam. Will you pray with me? And this is how we're going to close our sermon portion of our worship. Let's pray for our sister. Let's pray for all of us as we follow her example of suffering well. Let's pray. Father, that's our desire that as Church of Christ, that we will learn what it means to suffer well together through the life's up and downs, through difficulties that we face, teach us what it means to stand side by side as we face the cross of Christ, looking for the glory of Christ to be revealed. Help us to finish this race well. Thank you for our sister Pam and the testimony that's still being written out and the joy that she looks forward to and the hope that we all have as we follow in her footsteps. Teach us, Lord, that she learns to walk by faith, not by sight. As she learns to walk with others, those who suffer, teach us, Lord, to follow in her footsteps to do the same. We thank you. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. Thank you.